Uh, friends, this morning, uh, one of our seniors, Nathan St. John, uh, is going to read our, our scripture message from us this morning. So I invite you to open your, your hearts, your minds, your eyes, your ears, and, and maybe even your Bibles to the book of Genesis as Nathan brings us a word this morning. I'm going to be reading Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. And God said, Let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created mankind in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground then god said I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for the reading and the hearing of this holy word. Found in Genesis, Ricky, we didn't say this, Genesis 1, in case you were looking it up in your Bible, beginning at verse 26. Friends, this is an exciting time, and especially for these uh, six young people, these graduating seniors that we've been celebrating all day. They've been filled with, this senior year is filled with so many activities. It is, uh, I can remember my own life, and I remember in my children's lives, how many uh, different celebrations you go through. Pretty soon you're just pro uh, like wondering why we have to have so many celebrations. Uh, we are filled with traditions, and one of the traditions that this church has always been known for is the senior breakfast. And as we encountered this uh, very unusual time, you mentioned that earlier, Ricky, uh, of senior, trying to figure out what senior breakfast might look like on our campus, it became a realis realization that we were not going to be able to host that. So I wanna give a shout out to our First Baptist brothers and sisters who have a facility, thank God, that is big enough. Um, and so they are going to be able to host that uh, successfully and keep social distancing and keep everyone safe. And uh, they have invited us in to do the program. And so that is really wonderful. We're going to be able to keep that, that celebration. I know that as our young people look at this time, they're filled with all kinds of plans, college plans, whether they're going to go to college, whether they're not going to go to college, are they going to work? Can they work? Will COVID-19 even allow them to work? All of these questions are filling their minds. I can remember in my, and this was a long time ago, but a long time ago, I can remember that so very well. I was filled with so much anticipation and this exhilaration of it's a time to spread my wings, to, to take flight and to do all the things that I had even ever dared to imagine. But at the same time, I was filled with so many questions as how does that happen? How do I make that work? Can I do it? All of those kinds of things. 
Yeah, you know, it's been, this is my 10 years yeah, since 10. graduating high school, yeah. made my 10. And I, I've been thinking this week too about when I graduated and, and that state I was in. And I know our, our seniors this year are in a really like unusual space, but also not that unusual and mm-hmm. finding themselves right at the nexus of, of the great hope and excitement mm-hmm. and joy and energy for, for what lies ahead and the possibilities in front of them and, and, and what this new season of life might look like. But, but at the same time, you know, I, I remember thinking just how uh, uh, nervous or, or fearful I also yeah. was of, you know, what if I don't have what it takes? Or what if I don't like the new town I'm moving to? Or what if I can't yeah. make any friends in this new place that I'm going to? I'm leaving my network of friends in my high school behind. It's, it's this um, nexus of, of joy and, and fear or of hope and uncertainty that I think seniors in this time of transition always find themselves in. Right, and there are so many voices on the scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are experts of every kind. Uh, The world wants to say so much about those hopes. We often are shaped by all these many voices that we hear. Uh, Our parents have advice. Our high school counselors have advice, even the college counselors. Then there's your peer group. There's your mentor group. There's uh, all the experts on the scene. The world has an understanding of what success looks like and, and imposes that upon you. You have to be in a particular neighborhood, drive a particular car, hold a particular job, all of those things, all of those voices begin to clamor in our heads until finally it seems as though we can't even think those voices are so loud. So um, the previous church that I was at over in Jacksboro, we also hosted a uh, senior lunch, not a breakfast, and it was always preceded their graduation. So all morning they'd been lining up and figuring out how to march in and get ready for graduation. Then they came over and had lunch, and then they left our place just to go get ready for the actual graduation. By this time, they were so sick of advice. I have to tell you that when they asked me if you would stand up and give one more piece of advice, I thought those kids don't really even care and I don't blame them. So often uh, we just played a game. It seemed like like they were over overburdened with all kinds of voices. I think what is the hardest fine thing to do is to find God's voice mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that. You know, we teach them that God's voice comes through others, but in the midst of so many voices, it is often hard to hear what God has to say. Mm-hmm. We, we read the Bible stories about how God calls si- uh, Solomon, I mean Samuel, into being a priest, and, and how God calls even uh, Peter into being the rock of the church, but then we wonder, are we all supposed to be priests? Are we all supposed to be rocks? What exactly is it that God has to say about our vocation and our calling? You know, I, I think sometimes casting that cacophony of voices that um, we hear around us telling us what, what we should do with our lives and, and where we should go and, and how we should live. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we're struggling to hear God's voice in, in the midst of all that, I find what's most helpful for me and what's been most helpful for me is, is to go back to the beginning where Nathan read for us earlier, the very first time that we in Scripture hear the voice of God speaking to us, the very first time humanity hears God's voice call us by name. And, and as we listen closely to the voice of God, which is literally how creation comes into being, it's, it's through the voice of God speaking life and light and creation and, and us into being, we, we learn a few things when we listen to God's voice. We learn that each of us, we're 
created in God's image. God says, you know, this, this creation is nice, but you know what will be really good in it? Something that looks exactly like me in my likeness, in our image. And so God created us humankind. God created us male and female. God created us in God's very own image, which means, you know, when we stand up and look at ourselves in the mirror, even with the eye boogers and the hair a little bit too long or <laughs> our bedhead, you know, it's the face of God staring back at us. And what we learn about ourselves in the beginning here from the voice of God is, is not only do we, do we look like God, not only are we created in the image of God, but we're blessed by God. Mm -hmm. God has blessed us. The very first thing it says in Genesis, God makes create human beings and it says, and God blesses them. God says it to Abraham and Sarah like this, you're, you're blessed to then be a blessing so that in you all the families of the earth can be blessed. Mm -hmm. What you know is, is our call, is, is each of our calls, no matter our age or our stage in life or, or how many milestones we may have achieved, God has blessed us to be a blessing. And with that blessing comes some responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, these first humans, they, they said God blesses them and, and says, uh, a steward or, or care for this garden, this creation, the plants, the animals, the trees for each other. Right? With this blessing comes responsibility, comes our work, comes our calling, mm -hmm. our vocation. Yeah, right. So that's, that's it. It's our calling. But how do we find that calling? How do we find that purpose? That seems to be the, the million-dollar question, yeah. right? How do we find that? And, and so we, we look to some experts to help us with that. And, and Frederick Buechner says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness, your deep gladness, and the world's deepest hunger meet. That means the place where, where the thing that makes you tick, the thing that makes you excited, the thing that you enjoy doing, that when you're doing it, time seems to pass. With, and you don't even know how, how long you have been doing it. That very thing, that very purpose in your life that is so significant that even when you are exhausted and you think, gee, I don't even want to do that right now, but if you do it, it gives you energy. It is life-giving. It is energy. It gives you a sense of purpose, and you do that. The challenge is to figure out exactly what that purpose is. What gives you that joy? And then how does it collide? How does it come in contact? How does it cooperate or coordinate with the world's greatest needs? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Another favorite pastor and theologian of mine is, is Howard Thurman. And, and he says the same thing, but like this. He, he says, you know, to young people, don't, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Does the world need one more doctor or one more teacher, one more surgeon, but rather ask yourself, what makes you come alive? And then go do that. Because what this world needs is people who have come alive. You know, one of my very best friends from high school um, was a, a real athletic young man. He got a great scholarship to Texas A&M. He, he played soccer for A&M for a couple years. He was a real, real smart guy, so he said, I'm, I'm going to get a business degree. I'm, I'm athletic. I've always liked sports. I'm going to get a business degree in sports management. And, and was, uh, went, did really well in school, did really well academically. He got a great internship his senior year working for a sports management company. That internship paid off because right after he graduated, they offered him a job that, that paid him really well and, and put his degree to work. And after a year, he said, Ricky, this is killing me. 
Sitting at a desk every single day, it almost literally feels like the life and soul is being sucked out of me. I can't do this. This may sound a little crazy. I'm thinking about applying to the fire academy. <laughs> right? So, so having nothing in his professional university background for this, he, he left it behind and, and he applied to the fire academy and he got in and, and for the past five or six years now, he's, he's been a firefighter and, and he's found his, his joy. He's found the, the gifts, the, the athletic ability that guy has given him since he was a, a young man put to work in this new way where it's life-giving for him and it's joy-filling for him and he is so tangibly giving back and serving in his community. And, you know, I think, I think it, it takes a lot of courage sometimes to listen to the voice of God in our lives. That still small voice that says, you know, maybe going after the biggest paycheck isn't the most rewarding thing in life or maybe going after the most uh, uh, prestigious job title isn't exactly where you're supposed to go. Maybe God is calling you to something that sounds a little crazy, but is where your joy, where the thing that makes you come alive meets the, the pains and the hungers of this world. Right, right. So it almost seems as if those two voices, as are often the case, seem to be at odds with each other, where, the, where uh, Beekner says, find the world's greatest need, and then, and then we hear Thurman say, find what makes you come alive. But really, they're not two opposite voices. They're like two sides of the mm -hmm. same coin. So really, when I think about this, I think about what you shared with me, and I've heard before your professor used to say, the greatest thing is that we are not called human doings. Mm. It's not about doing. We are called human beings. So how do we be? One of the ways that I have found the greatest way to be is just to be with God, to be silent, to be still. Psalms 46 says, be still and know that I am God. And when you are sitting there being still with God, when you are shutting out all the other voices in your life, you will hear some significant things. You will hear God say, I created you in my image. You will hear God say, I have blessed you so that you can be a blessing. And you will hear God say, you are very good. Not just good. The scripture tells us God said you are very good. And when you sit with God, and when you become the best human being that God has created you to be, you will not fail. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.